welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. So um, the last time I was here ministering, I started a series on faith, faith in God, and uh, we were looking at why faith, why faith, and we looked at a number of verses that, that says, the just shall live by faith. So that was Romans 1 and 117. And can I encourage you to take notes? See some of you take notes. Well done. I believe before long we're all going to be taking notes because the enemy's agenda is to steal the word from us before we've walked out the door. And if we can at least get it down and with us, then we can look at that during the week or another time. And you know, I've still got all my notes, all my old notes, and I go back since years and years ago. I have them. So let's be diligent. But Romans 117, I'll just fire through that if you want to just reference those um, those taken notes. The just shall live by faith. The same is said in Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. And Hebrews 10.38, the just, who's the just? Us, the righteous, born again people, shall live by faith. There's no other way for a Christian to live but by faith. And so we explored the fact that um, faith is not a movement. Faith is not a doctrinal position. It's not a series and a section that we'll have just sitting on our bookshelf. Oh, no, I've studied faith. Let's move on to the next. No, faith is how a Christian is to live. Amen. It's how the Father functions and and we, we looked last week that because the Father functions in faith, he doesn't function in doubt, he doesn't function in worry, he doesn't function any other way but by faith, then if he functions that way, our Heavenly Father, how should we function? By faith. Uh, so we were exploring that. It was by faith. Hebrews 1, 11, 3 says that the worlds are, were framed. He spoke the, the world into existence, and it was by faith. Amen? And we just looked at the fact that that's Father God. Uh, we are to be like Jesus. It was exactly when he walked on earth, exactly like Father. He did the works that his Father did. Whatever his Father said, he would say. Whatever he heard his Father, he would say he would do it. And if Jesus imitated his Father, he Jesus is our joint heir. He's our brother. Amen. Who are we to imitate? Jesus. And Father God, so we are to walk in faith as being imitators um, on, on like them. So Second Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. And we looked at the fact that, you know, you walk by faith well. Anybody been for a walk recently? Anybody walked in here? In order to walk, you have to take steps. So in faith, as we're walking with God in faith, we have to take steps. We have to take a step of faith. Um, when we hear God speak to us about something in every area of our life, we can't just have one little area by faith and then the rest of our life. No, every area has to be a walk of faith. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, being a tither and you put your tenth maybe in the offering this morning, and you're looking to the end of the month, maybe you have a holiday planned and other things planned, home improvements, or maybe you're saying, I wish, but you're looking at the end of the month and you go, I don't know how one end will meet the other. 
But I tell you this, and you've experienced it, I'm sure, if you're a tither, that as you've tithed in faith, the end of the month comes, and somehow you can't work it out, but things are met. Anybody experience that? Any tither experience that? Wave your hand. I want to get a t-shirt, proud to be a tither, and wear it. There is nothing wrong in telling a person you're a tither, because you know what? You are proud to obey God, so don't ever be embarrassed about saying that you tithe, okay? It's just like anything else. You're not embarrassed you tell people you go to church. What do Christians do? They are the church, so we come together. Why would you be embarrassed and saying I'm a tither? It's what we do, amen? God has given us all things, as Robin said. So whether it's tithing, no matter what it is, in, we walk by faith, we take the step, and in faith we know then that God's word, whatever it said, he cannot lie. Amen? We looked last week very quickly at Hebrews um, 11, verse 6. It says, without faith it is impossible to please God without faith. And that's another reason. You know why we've got faith and why we need to grow that faith. For he who comes to God must believe. We must believe. It's a big must. It's not maybe believe. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who did actually seek him. Imagine if we were to do a series on he is and everything that entails. I see some of the teachers there, and they're already their minds are going, what would I include in the He Is series? So we must believe that He is God and everything that means, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. And we talked about uh, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, Romans 12 and 3, that each one is given the measure of faith. God is a fair God, you know. He didn't give me, you know, a certain amount of faith and give Carol twice what I was given. No, we were all given the same measure of faith. But you may look around and go, well, we're all at different levels. That's because... Maybe some are new to the faith. Maybe have been, maybe some have walked in the Lord 20, 30 years. Maybe um, we've walked the Lord with the Lord different times, but then others we've exercised and we've grown that measure of faith. And so right now in this congregation, every congregation and every Christian in the world, there's all different levels of faith, and that's okay. Like we talked last week when you go to the gym, some people have really big muscles, or guys really big muscles. And somebody else starting the gym won't have those big muscles. Well, you can't say to that guy who's got the big muscles, hide those, they make me uncomfortable. No. So all different levels of faith, and we are to grow that faith. And faith comes by hearing his word, amen? And um, so the just shall live by faith. So this week we want to go just a wee bit further. Faith is God's choice. It's what it, it, He chose us to walk by faith. He chose He would operate in faith. And so it's foundational. And Hebrews 6 and 1, reading here, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. Hebrews 6 and 1, faith in God is so foundational in our relationship with God. It says here, now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. 
The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon, turning away from dead works to embrace faith in God. And it goes on to talk about other foundations in our Christian walk. But the saying here, the writer of, of Hebrews said, faith is a foundation, turning from dead works, turning from the law, turning from trying to do things and believing God is foundational in our Christian earth in our walk with the Lord. Without faith or trust in God, we can't walk with him. Remember, we looked last week, unless two be agreed, you know, husband and wife, you've got to agree to be able to walk together, otherwise there's fireworks, there's war, and things don't work out. You know, whenever Brian and I um, get out of sync with one another, we have a disagreement or anything like that in the past, we know quickly we have to make that up because... Your step out of blessing. Step out of blessing. You can't afford God. God, we're blessed. God's blessed us, and He wants to bless us more and more. He wants to bring things into our lives. But if, if we're in disagreement and what not walking together in unity, we can't receive of that blessing. And so it's so important. Um, so you can't build any relationship without trust. You know, faith. You can't build a marriage without it. You can't build a business without it. Trust is so important. So when it comes to us trusting God, it's foundational, isn't it? Totally foundational. You know, if, if you're going to argue with God and doubt what he says and reason what he says, maybe you're reading something in the Bible and you go, oh, I don't know if, if I could really apply that to my life. I think that's going a wee bit far. And, you know, you're having that argument and that reason and, and, um, you know, you're, it's going through your mind, you're filtering this through, and you have your own opinion about what works and so forth. Well, there's no way you're going to walk with God that way. Be walking with yourself and your third and your fourth self, but you look around and see where God is. You be walking on your own. To walk with God, you've got to agree with him. You've got to agree with his word. So walking with God means that you develop that relationship of trusting him. And then as you go on, who's experienced? You're just experiencing the love of God more and more. You know, you're believing God for something. It may be just a little thing. It may be a big thing. And when, you know, God's word comes through for you and you, you realize that promise, it just bolsters your faith, doesn't it? So the next time comes around, you're ready again. Yes, you may go, oh, I'm not ready for this. Oh, didn't you see this coming? But when you get stepped up and ready to, to, to have your faith and your trust and just knowing that God is a rewarder and God's not going to let me down no matter what, if it's a diagnosis that I've been given, God is my healer. You know, if it's something, you know, you've been given notice in your job, you're not going to go into a panic and a fear and bite your nails down to nothing. What am I going to do? No, you're going to know that God is going to supply every need because that's what his word says. So so you walking with God, you have to have faith and trust in him to, to have that relationship. And um, it's, I'm just going to read, let's read from the Amplified here, Ephesians and chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'll start with verse 16. So I love this. Uh, this is a prayer, one of the prayers that Paul prayed um, for the saints. Start in verse 16. 
Paul says, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened, spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and just go on with the Holy Ghost and personality. You know, God is to dwell in our personality. Have you ever heard somebody saying, well, that's just the way I am and, you know, you just have to accept me. I'm never going to change. What a lame excuse. Never say that to me. Because if I have time, we'll sit down, we'll open the Bible and we'll see how we can change. Right? God invades our personality if we let him. Again, somebody who said, oh, you know, that's just me. I say things that way. I do things. I just blurt out whatever. Really? Well, grow up. Grow up. Grow up in him. We're called to grow up, mature in the Lord. Hallelujah. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. That was for free. That wasn't in the notes. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. So there you go. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. Isn't that lovely? In his love, securely rooted. You think, you know, when you put a plant in, you, that plant and the roots go down into the soil the, the, the roots go out to find all the nutrients. Well, here it's talking about the nutrients of love. Verse 18, being fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the, the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. And that's what I love to do, experiencing his love. You know, if you ever had those times, it's just like waves of his love, this tangible presence of his love just just come over you. It's awesome. It's just lovely. You don't want to leave that place. But experiencing your love may not always be those times. It's, it's his goodness. It's experiencing his goodness. When he comes through for you again and again and again, it's his love. I love you, Karen. I love you. And so even though at times you're trusting God for something, then when it happens, you go, oh my goodness, and you're surprised. Really, we shouldn't be, because he loves us so much. And he always does even exceedingly more than we ask or believe before anyway. And verse 19 says that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ. So this is Paul's prayer. He's praying for the saints. This is for Christians. Praying, God, help them to come to know practically through experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout all your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives. What words, that's why I love this amplified version of this that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Is that what you're experiencing today? Read with me. Is anybody experiencing that today? That's what God wants. That's what we're, that's what we're to be experiencing. Not just when we come here, the presence of God. We're carriers of the presence of God. Amen? 
So it's faith and it's working through love that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's verse 17. But we have a problem at times. And the problem is, you know, when people don't trust God, for one reason or another, maybe they've been hurt in their past, maybe it's to do with their upbringing, so forth. And so what happens, like I said before, they try and take control of their own world. They're afraid to let go. And so they're trying to control everything. Well then, what is that person actually doing? They're being God in their own life, aren't they? And that's a dangerous place to be. And it's an unhappy place to be. And it's a very, it's a place where there's striving, there's discontent, there's no peace, there's no joy. No wonder when you see them, got a sour face on. No happiness there. Because they're trying to be their own God. Just trust God, everything you see in the Word. Say, that's for me. What He says, I am, I am. That's me. It doesn't matter about the past. Maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself. It's all about relationship. We're created to trust God, to have a relationship with Him. Um, you know, Dad always taught me, and the children, my brothers and sisters, Mom and Dad, um, they always said, you know, if anything they can do with their children is to help their children form their own relationship with God. In other words, they knew very early on, if we just had a relationship through our parents, if we just went to church because we had to go to church because they did that, and yeah, there were days that happened. There were days, probably all of us, I know I said, I don't want to go to church today. But mom and dad said, if you're under my roof, you're going to church. And parents, that was what you need to do. When your kids get the 16, 17, 18, you know, the law, the lad's still 18, isn't it? While they're in under your roof, I've got, you know, Kevin's 24, while he's in under my roof, but thankfully I don't have to do that anymore. My kids love to go to church. You know, we had a, an outreach up at uh, Kingdom Harvest yesterday with a gazebo, put a gazebo up. We want to do something out in the forecourt here. And um, if any of you are interested in getting involved with that, please see us. Give your name maybe to Carol, um, Nicola, or Tanya, or myself. But uh, it's just connecting, serving tea and coffee, and uh, connecting with people out there, walkers by, maybe um, people will drive by, and if they get to know that we're there at a regular time, for one, two hour slot through the week, through this month, you know, let's put legs to our prayers. We're praying here for souls, let's put legs to it. So that's what we're doing at Kingdom Harvest Church, and... Um, Great time. Somebody came to see one of the girls, Michelle. Some of you know her. And um, this lady was actually stage four cancer, was was discharged from hospital to go see and get prayer and back to hospital. And, you know, in that short space of an hour um, praying at the church, she was saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that sickness driven from her body. She's healed. Amen? You know, when you reach a desperate state, you will get yourself out of hospital and you'll get yourself into people of faith. And that is why we're this people of faith and we need to walk and exercise in our own lives, in our own daily, daily time. We're going to trust this word so that when somebody's stage four cancer and they come up to us, say, Sandra, will you pray with me? Yes, I'll pray with you. And you drive that sickness out of them. 
It's the believer's ministry. It's for all of us. It's not It's not for just the fivefold. It's not for certain people. It's for every single one of us to take this word, believe it, and to enforce it. Amen? Um, Ephesians and 2. So faith, when we come to God, we come by faith. Let's read Ephesians 2. And they amplified again. Uh, we start at verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us. So you look at those words. God being rich in mercy wasn't angry. He's not an angry God. And yet so many people think that he is this sort of a God. But he, he's rich in mercy. It's great and wonderful love that he's loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins. He made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you've been saved from God's judgment. And down to verse 8, for it is by grace. God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, delivered from judgment, through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves. It's not through your own effort. It is not the undeserved gracious. It's the undeserved gracious gift of God. It's not a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or to take credit in any way for his salvation. You know, church, all the glory must go to God. All the glory, all of the time, it has to go to him. It's by him. It's through him. It's for him. Everything exists. You know, it's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He was before all time. Amen? It's all about him. He is the preeminence. So it is, we come to the Lord, we get saved by grace through faith. All right? When you said, yes, Jesus, it was by grace through faith. Well, as you walk through your Christian life, it is by grace through faith. Nothing changes. Just a whole lot of Christians stop. They just stop. And they go, you know, living by faith and walking by faith is just for a few people. No, it's by grace through faith. Hallelujah. Awesome. Grace is that God's power in us to change us, comes in and changes us from the end, shifts things in the inside of us. Who's ever needed something shifted in the inside? I have. And grace does that. So we can never take credit. You know, um, it's grace is something we don't work for. We don't earn it. If you work for it, it isn't grace. It's your reward. Grace is something you're not working for. So it's a rest. You're just resting in God. You're resting in faith. Amen? You're just receiving by faith. Hallelujah. It's a gift. I'm a child of God. I've received that gift by grace through faith. And now, 
I'm a child of God. I've been born again. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. So faith got me started. And that's how I continue. Right? Faith got me started. And that's how I continue. That's why if everybody's, anybody ever said they're a faith church. Oh, that's a faith movement. Have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous in all of your life? If you're a Christian, have you? Turn around and tell them that's ridiculous. How did you get saved if you call yourself a Christian? By grace, through faith. Well, how are you living now, Sally? Start to teach her. She needs to live by faith. So it's all by grace. It's not by trying hard. You know, when you get into works, all of us from time to time will get into that until we remind ourselves this is all about the Lord. It's all about grace. You know, if you've ever been in works and you've been trying to do something, trying to get one foot in front of the other, you just feel worse and worse and worse, don't you? You feel more condemned. More condemned. I'm more condemned because we're not supposed to be living. We're supposed to be living just free. Free in him. Free in what he's purchased for us by grace. Free by faith. Hallelujah. So whenever you start to sense things are getting tough, things are getting difficult, there's a wrestling going on in the inside of you and um, a striving. You've got to stand and examine yourself. Am I in faith about this? Because something's not right. It's like when a wee fish jumps out of water. You know, it wriggles and splutters and uh, it lets us know that something's not right. So in the inside of us, when things are going on, it's letting us know there's not the peace there. There's something not right. We've got to find out what it is. Um, so our, we have to learn to believe. And um, a lot of that is, is, is a battle going on. Faith is developing. Faith comes from the heart, not the mind. Reason comes from here. And so sometimes, as we talked last week, God may say to step out in faith into this particular thing. The mind will be going, no, I couldn't, 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 couldn't do that. Couldn't pray for her. No, 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 no. What would I say? Sure, I'd stumble over my words. No, somebody else would be better laying hands on her. You know, and your mind's doing this. But there's faith. This is not where faith dwells. Faith dwells in the heart. So you will have that. But you have to shoot down the stronghold in the mind. Just say, shut up. There is faith in here. Amen. And I believe God says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I'm standing on that word. I don't care if I know even how to speak. A blind person could lay hands on somebody and see them. You know, whatever excuse you think there is, there's not an excuse. Even if you don't have fingers and stuff, but there's a way of obeying the word. Right? So hallelujah. So, so the, with the heart, man believes. You know, John Wesley was um, foundation of the Methodist uh, church, but did a lot of great works throughout the land. He said once uh, he said once that the devil was given the church the devil has given the church a substitute for faith. One that looks and sounds so faith-like that a few people only a few can tell the difference. And this substitute he called mental assent. Many people read God's word. They agree, yes, it's true. 
but they are agreeing only with their minds. And that's not what gets the job done. It is faith in the heart that receives from God. So be careful. You've heard a lot of people say, oh, I know the word, and quote it backwards. I've read this. I'm reading my Bible, reading my Bible. But as you read the word, it should be filled in faith in your heart. And if you come across a battle in your mind, you've got to take authority over that. So learn to believe what God says about you is true. Amen? Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It's easy, it's light. So again, if you're get, if it's getting heavy, you've moved, you've stepped out of grace, you're trying to do something. You're trying to be your own God in that situation. And um, you have to just, as, as quick as this, you just step back into faith. You feel light again. Because oh. see, when it's by faith, you know where the illness is. All the illness is in the Lord. I trust you, God. You're just like, you know, any of us parents, that wee child comes up to you, Mommy, are you getting into this? Are you going, oh, I love that dinner. you cooking me that dinner. That wee child just trusts you. You're going to put that dinner in front of in front of them. Isn't that right? What's God like? I'm standing at your word, God. I trust you. Do you think for a moment he's going to let you down? No, it's getting into another message, but there's tests in faith. God is a good father and he wants us to grow our faith. And sometimes there's tests. So that little us being that representing that wee child, Daddy, I so trust you. I believe it's going to come before midnight tonight. And one week goes, and two weeks go. One month goes. I trusted you, Tommy. He's trying to grow you up. It's not that he's saying no. Maybe he's working out things with other people, events, to bring that around and to do exceedingly above even what you're asking. But we've just to trust him then. I don't think anywhere in the Word it says we can put a time scale on things, can we, Dad? Say anywhere in the Word that we can put a time scale on it. We have to trust. Amen. At the appointed time, and he sets that appointed time. Amen. So as long as we keep the pressure on by faith, you know, if you've been standing and waiting for something for a while, be careful that you've not stepped back into work so that you've not stepped into disappointment. If you've stepped into disappointment, that's out of faith. If you've stepped into doubt, that's out, you're out, you've stepped out of faith. But if you're waiting and you've been standing for a long time, you're standing in faith, yes, hallelujah, oh, I thank you, God, I thank you, Lord, thank you, you're coming through in that situation, I thank you, Father. There's an appointed time. You keep pressure on by your believing. Amen? Um, so just very quickly then, we need to believe what God is like. What he says he's like, he's like. What he says he has done, what he says he will do, we believe it and we find it in the Word. Second Peter 1-5 to in the New King James says, um, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtained like precious faith. Amen? This is Peter. He's saying, 
he sent to those who have obtained with us, with the apostles, like precious faith. We're all given the same measure. By the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us from by his glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5, but also for this very reason, reason given all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So it goes on. So again, foundational faith with all diligence, add to your faith. Okay? So, you know, we're just exploring today that faith is foundational. Faith is important. It's the way God has designed us to function. Now, this same passage in the uh, CEV version says, we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. Faith pleases God. It was already given to us by God's own power when we learned that he invited us to share his wonderful goodness. And God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become part of us. So when we take those promises and we stand on them, whatever that is we're needing at that particular time, you take that promise, make it yours, it becomes part of you. Then we can escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of the world. And verse 5, add to your faith. It all starts with faith. Hallelujah. And very quickly in the message translation, verse 3 and 4, it says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been given to us already by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. So, you know, God has given us all things to enjoy. It's by grace. And the best invitation we've ever received, we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. I love this, what it says. Your tickets to participation in the life of God so the promises are your tickets to participation in the life of God. So get those promises out. Amen. That's your tickets. Take them. And after you've turned your back on a world corrupted by lust, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character. Hallelujah. You know, everybody, everybody believes something. Um, you believe something about yourself, something about other people. You believe something about who you're married to, maybe. <laughs> you believe um, things about God, things about friends in your life. Um, but what you think about yourself and your particular core beliefs are what will move you in this life, how you will act. Um, so your core beliefs are very, very important what you actually believe in your heart. And that's why it's so important to have this word and be in the word, because as you read this word and you meet that word yours, it kicks out some wrong beliefs, you know? So, you know, if you've been somebody that uh, come up in a, in a household and you've been told you're no good, you're up to nothing, you never amount to anything, 
And then you sort of go through life, you know, on this whole big cloak on you, as it were, saying, well, nobody loves me, I was rejected, you know, and so forth. But see, when you're in the Word of God, and you start to get to know what God says about you, that you're more than a conqueror, that you're a child of God, you're the child of the King, you can do all things through Christ, amen? That you have been clothed with the robes of righteousness, that you're an ambassador, for the King of kings and the Lord. You are an ambassador, my goodness. You think of the ambassador to the nations, an ambassador to Israel, ambassador to Africa. We God's called us ambassadors. We can hold our head up high. And so when the sneaky devil tries to come in and tell you something else, say, are you talking to me? I'm an ambassador for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one that's actually sentenced you to a life of eternity burning in hell. I'm his ambassador. Are you talking to me? But how many of us? Oh, you're right. I know you're so right. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Of course, I'm no good. You're so right, you little demon. Then the next one comes. Oh, before long, there's a whole choir of them. You're absolutely stinking. Why don't you? Even, why would you even go to church? You know, you've been just a a rat all week. Why would you even show your face in the company of the saints? There's a whole little choir going on. You have to tell them, "When I fall, I will rise." Hallelujah! God is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? Clear off. Amen? So that is the part of the word, getting to know this word, getting to know what it says about you, who you are in Christ Jesus. Everywhere you read in the Bible, it says in Christ, by Christ, through Christ. That's all for you. Underline those. Amen? What it says. So you've got to change your belief system. Uh, know who you are in Christ. Um, you know, if God says you're accepted, Maybe you say, I don't feel accepted. And you know what you've got to do? Change your belief system. Change it to line up with the word. God says you're forgiven. Me? Oh, I know you forgive me for that, but for that? Change your belief system. Amen? So we live out our life out of the beliefs that we have in our heart. And so that's why it's so important. Examine your heart and see what, what is the measure of word there. Because that's going to produce faith. Where is it? Do I need to up my word level? Do I need to spend a bit more time? Am I really being slaughtered, as it were, at the moment with, with a whole lot of mental things going on in my head? Then I take more time in the word getting that into me, getting those scriptures into me and and uh, taking authority over the, the enemy because we have authority, been given that authority by the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you know, when you do that, faith will shift all that nonsense. Faith will shift all that wrong belief out of you. You know, and uh, before long, people will be saying to you, how do you know you're accepted, Tanya? And Tanya will be going, I just know that I know that I know that I know that I know because the Word says it. The Word says it. 
How do you know that your sins are forgiven? I just know that I know that I know that I know because the word says that I says, God, I'm sorry for my sins. And God says he will remove them and he won't remember them. And that's what his word says. And I believe his word, not some silly demon or not some other individual. Amen? So hallelujah, changing our belief system. So praise God. That's all our time today. But praise the Lord. Let's stand, church. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.